0: You are now tuned in to the Jags Den Podcast, the official podcast of the Jaguars Wire brought to you by USA Today Sports Media Group and also the number one Jaguars podcast on the airwaves.
1: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Jags Den Podcast, the number one and go-to podcast on the airwaves. I am your host, Phil Smith, a.k.a. Phil the Filipino, and I am joined here today, this evening, with my partners in crime, James Johnson Jacob DeLawrence. Gentlemen, we got some news to talk about today, which we're going to get into, and you can maybe tell by the tone of my voice we're not <sighs> ecstatic about it, that sigh from, from Jacob also indicates. Guys, how are y'all doing on this Monday evening, the first day of the new league year? How we feeling, fellas?
0: Um, I've had better days. I've had worse days, too. But I had better days. We'll put it that way. I mean, like I said on Twitter, guys, like, I felt worse when we re-signed Blake Bortles. But that still don't mean I don't feel bad right now. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. But, I mean, like, I can't complain. Life is good. Uh, Been putting up a lot of content. And I'm tired. But nonetheless, we're here for the people, so uh, let's get it done.
2: Disclaimer, I told you so. That will be a theme this episode. Moving along, I feel very poor seeing all this money that's being thrown out so far today. But other than that, I'm doing great. It's Monday. It's a Monday night here. We're working late to bring you guys fresh content. We're going to have a good time here tonight.
1: Well, there's no shortage of things to talk about here, guys. It was a big news day, not just here for the Jacksonville Jaguars, but around the entire league, and we are going to get into that. Before we do, of course, we want to make sure that you're checking us out on all of our handles, of course, the Jagson podcast, the Jaguars Wire, Uh, Phil the Filipino, Sports Grind underscore Don, and underscore J Della. Of course, make sure you're subscribing at iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Uh, we've also been recently added to the to Deezer and Radio Public. And of course, as always, we are on the Audio Boom Network via USA today. So we'll get all the formalities out of the way, guys, and we'll get down to the nitty-gritty here. Normally we have a Quick hints that we're going to go to we, that we we try to get out of the way, but you know what? None of that here tonight. We're just going to get <laughs> right into it. The Jacksonville Jaguars, as we as as many people have been reporting for weeks now, and uh, as our uh, as my colleague Jacob here noted, as he has been trying to tell us that this was going to happen, and maybe it's his fault. You you want to go ahead and blame him un- underscore Jade Della on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so today. The news broke Jacksonville Jaguars and Nick Foles in principle because, of course, we are in the legal tampering period of the NFL New Year, which is the stupidest terminology that I've ever heard in my entire life. But that's where we're at.
0: What are you going to do? Send the the NFL police on us? Legal
1: tampering on right now, which is LeBron James' wet dream uh, going on right now in the the (laughs) NFL. Um, Nick Foles has agreed to a four-year, $88 million deal. $102 $102 million with incentives that will pay $50.125 million in guarantees um, per Sports Illustrated's Albert Breer will pay out $46.625 million in two years. And we'll talk about that here. So, gentlemen, first thoughts when you saw this news break. Whoever wants to go first, I'm still sad. Somebody just.
0: <laughs> go ahead, Jacob. <laughs> <clears throat>
2: All right. All right, so why? Why you want to do this to us? Why? We don't deserve a decent quarterback? Like, why? 20, what is it, about 22 mil
0: a year? Yeah, somewhere in that ballpark. If you reach the incentives, which that'll make the deal in totality like over 100 million, it's more so 25 million a year annually. But we know it won't get to that point because nobody lives out the full terms of their contract. But continue, Jacob.
2: This is true. Now that I've got my whining out the way, we're giving Nick Foles twenty two million a year, give or take. For it's four years like there's a out after two, basically. Alright. Cool. Um, no, this really isn't cool because I'm really trying to understand for a team that was strapped in cap space. With all those roster cuts that we made last week, that freed up twenty five million, and in the article I wrote, it's freeing up money to go get Nick Foles. Like there's no other way they make these moves unless they were like, oh yeah, we got Foles at the back, we just gotta clear some room for them. All
0: right
2: now, that creates a problem where you have a quarterback with nothing around him. And it was, it's basically the same problem as last year, except last year you had a questionable quarterback with nothing around him. This year, on paper, you go Nick Foles is a Super Bowl-winning quarterback, and he was a drop pass away from probably going on another deep postseason run this year. Cool. All fine and dandy. Here's the problem with Nick Foles. When you actually look at Nick Foles throughout his years in the league— what did he do? He was not that great of a quarterback because he came in in 2012 with Philly. He had the hot year in 2013. 2014, he was decent. 2015, he ended up in St. Louis with Jeff Fisher, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we'll just scratch that for the record that like it never happened. I understand. Right.
0: I mean, Yeah, because Jeff Fisher has killed a lot
2: of careers. You, you know what? We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll give you a pass on that one. Right. Then you go to Kansas City, you serve as a backup. You, I think you started one game, maybe appeared in a couple others. Nothing too special. So you're like, all right, I'm about to quit football. And then Peterson ends up in Philly. You're like, okay, you know what, I'll go there, take the backup. I'll serve as the veteran leadership for Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz goes down. You get hot. You win a Super Bowl. And now all of a sudden everybody thinks you're like the best quarterback available. Yeah. Not at $22 million. Because who else needed a quarterback that was going to go spend money? The Broncos just traded for Joe Flacco and gave up like a fourth-round pick. And if we're comparing careers, Flacco's been significantly more consistent and better than Nick Foles.
0: This is true, unfortunately.
2: Tyrod Taylor, I'm pretty sure, is set to be a free agent soon, if he's not already. Yeah. There's, talk of, there's talk of Tannehill finally getting let go by the Dolphins. Speaking of the
0: Dolphins, I didn't mean to cut you off, Jacob, but it's talk that he might, and I'm talking about Tyrod, may be replacing Tannehill as a bridge gap. Just wanted to put that little tidbit out there.
2: Yeah, that was going to bring me to a point I was about to come to. And then you have Josh McCown is out there. Like, you have viable options. And then there's also this quarterback. um, He used to, you know, run the show in the Vikings until his knee got all – discombobulated then he was with the jets and he looked good and you had a chance to sign him last year but you didn't and then the jets traded on to new orleans for a bowl of gumbo
1: yeah, <laughs> and then it well, apparently
2: yeah and it, he looked good in new orleans in the one game he took breeze's place
0: yeah teddy bridgewater you know why did i think he was talking about sam bradford <laughs> And you then when you what? said New Orleans and the bowl of gumbo, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, at first I was like, is you know he what? talking about Bradford? Sam Bradford ain't a bad option either because this is what I'm getting at. get eight games
2: out of him. That's all I need. That's all <laughs> right. I need. And he'll There's ball no, for those no, eight no, games. No, nine. <laughs> Sam Bradford will give you eight games a year, but that boy will ball for those eight games a year. But the point I'm getting at is there's a lot of better options that you can make where you don't handicap yourself to the level that you just did by giving a quarterback $22 million a year. When your defense is solid, the window is closing, and, you know, you could probably upgrade a few spots, make a few site changes. But on offense, the whole, whole line as a whole needs to be readjusted and reworked. You don't know what you're going to do with your running backs. There's still talks that Fournette is on his way out via trade. Highly unlikely Yeldon comes back. Tell like Grant is coming off of a Liz Frank injury, which you guys mentioned in the last podcast. We don't know what he's going to be. Because Liz Frank can either completely change who you are as a player in your career, or you come back like nothing happened. And it's usually one of the first two.
0: Right. And, And he's a free agent too, so... Yeah. I think
2: he's restricted or um exclusive rights yeah, or is he completely I think,
0: free? I think he like completely free. Uh, well But I mean it wouldn't be surprising to see like them give him like a cheap one year deal if they like feel comfortable with the injury because that's something like John de Filippo, you know, he had with Darren Sproles obviously. So I'm gonna yeah, rule yeah. him out.
2: Yeah, but the point <laughs> is, yeah, rarity backs are gonna be completely brand new as a whole for the most part. It's safe to say. Like, Fournette Mm. may stay, but if Fournette stays, and then you have a scheme problem. Fournette's never been the best back at taking a handoff from shotgun, like, next to the quarterback in shotgun. That's not necessarily Fournette's strong point. Nor is catching a pitch. Nor is, honestly, catching out the backfield that great. So you have that problem. And then if you look at the receiving core, what was the joke we made last year that it was like 17 deep, 20 deep if you count the tight ends?
0: (laughs) Right, yeah. It was... and,
2: and you could barely name three of them? Right. Ain't nothing changed, buddy. Um, Moncrief is on his way out. Safe to say, ASJ is on his way out. Mercedes Lewis might be coming back. I mean, you got Chark, you got Lee, you got Westbrook.
1: What else do you have? Banking a lot on those young guys that are on yeah, proof. And Mark Lee, who's coming off of injury.
2: Again. So it's like, you... You see, Jalen out here trying to get Golden Tate, which would help. But at the same point, you just gave a man twenty-two million, and there was nobody bidding against you. Washington got their temporary quarterback.
0: For Tyrod pennies, is basically
2: for a 6 round pick. I think they got Case Keenum for. Right. So, yeah, that's basically somebody that wasn't going to make the roster next year. If we're going to be right.
0: realistic. And that's so- cheaper than, in principle, that's cheaper than not even the draft picks. I'm talking about like in terms of the price that's cheaper than what we are paying Foles.
2: Yeah. So you have all these other viable options where you save money and you can get something just as good, if not better. Because, yeah, if you look at Nick Foles, he had eight comebacks, 10 game-winning drives. His career numbers, let's see here. He is 26 and 18 in his career as a starter. Mm Mm-hmm. He's thrown for 11,000 yards. He has a touchdown percentage of, let's see, he's thrown for 68 touchdowns, 33 picks. Eh. He has a quarterback rating of 89. What you want to call this?
0: Serviceable? Right. 62% worth, completion. Uh, oh, 20, 22 million. Yeah, exactly. That's what question. I always stressed right. on like the, the past so podcasts. Like yeah.
2: Yeah, so my whole thing is you have better options. You know you have holes that you need to fill. And you also know you have a defense who was a top five defense still last year. They were just on the field forever in a day. So, of course, they look bad. But if you actually break everything down, you're like, oh, okay, but it's still the same defense. Cheaper options. If you want to go, because now you would assume that we're ruling out getting a quarterback in the draft, but you never know.
1: Should take one late, maybe.
2: Yeah, you maybe go get Will if He's there in the third or fourth round. Maybe Luck or Lock out of um, Missouri, or maybe you go get the Duke kid, who everybody swears is the next Manning.
0: That's highly unlikely. But it's just—it's
2: confusing. Is how I feel about this move. People have asked me like all, basically, all season since Jag season ended. Oh, Nick Foles, Nick Foles. What do you think of Nick Foles? Why don't you want Nick Foles? I'm like because Nick Foles is going to come a with a hefty price tag. B. Nick Foles has not been that great as a whole. Like he's streaky when he's hot. I promise you, I probably wouldn't take any other quarterback other than him. But it's like mm, you got to get hot. I, I just don't trust you to get hot in Jacksonville.
1: Can I, I touch on that too? Because everyone talks about like how great he's been in the postseason. We got to get to the postseason first. Right. In a stacked division. Uh, Oh, yeah.
0: Like, right. We're not playing the New York Giants and, and, well, I mean, like, in in their defense. The the, the Cowboys are pretty decent now. This ain't the AFC East.
2: I'll say it. We're not the Patriots in the AFC East where you're guaranteed 10 wins. Like, no.
0: This is a young and up and coming division for sure. Like, it used to be at the bottom of the totem pole. Now you look at this division, the, the AFC South looks like the future of football.
2: Oh, and we thought this division was going to be trash for a while because Deshaun Torres ACL. You didn't know how he was coming back. Mariota's streaky, and you're like Andrew Luck can't even throw a nerf ball. Like this is setting up for Jacksonville, and then this past season we happened. To Andrew everybody Luck
1: was done, y'all. Yeah, like, that's we were at that point where we thought he was done,
2: and everybody's back like, hi, we're back here, and the Jags like, oh crap.
0: Speaking of Andrew Luck, just like I told y'all, boys, Frank Wright. And I hate saying this because he's with the Colts. Now, Frank Wright is the man. Point blank, period. I mean, yeah, Andrew Luck is, you know, back healthy and playing well. But I told y'all this. I told y'all Frank Wright was the man. But no, nobody wanted to believe you, boy. But continue, Jacob. Continue.
2: Yeah. So all these factors. And it's just like, I know. Twenty two million. And then here's the biggest elephant in the room that nobody wants to address. Mm -hmm. Blake is getting cut like in the next three days so that's what seven mil in dead cap
0: space this year yeah yeah so yeah (laughs) yeah, let's just in this i mean all it is 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 they're making up for a a a horrible move they made last year trying to patch it up with a potentially a even more horrible move I mean, yeah. that's why that's that was the big deal with Blake Bortles getting the extension in my eyes is because I knew that if he didn't pan out something like this was going to follow, because that's just like the mindset of, of Tom Coughlin, in my opinion. And everybody know how I feel about Tom. But, you know, I didn't mean, to cut you off there, Jacob, but I just knew like the moment that Blake put pen to paper on that deal last year i knew that to get out of that hole if he did fail and we projected him to fail we just said it in a roundabout way in a professional way if he did fail something like this was gonna follow it because obviously you know with with him coming out of the draft and whatnot the jaguars you know especially coughlin might not have had the mindset to trust the draft process again to get a franchise quarterback at least yeah,
2: I mean, we said it when Blake signed the deal. We literally looked at his stats year by year and was like, down year, up year, down year, up year, down year, up year. And we're like, he's coming off an up year. So going by logic, he will have a down year. And you, can call, you can say we jinxed him or whatever, but history called it and we just followed history. He had a down year. And again, you mentioned, Blake, we talked about this before we went live, how essentially this is a two-year deal more or less. But it's the same type of deal that we gave Blake last year in the offseason, like you just said. Where, yeah, we can get out of it after like two years, but now we have dead cap. We're literally paying $30 million this year to two quarterbacks, one of which is not on the roster. All right. All right. That's a lot of money tied I mean,
1: up in one position. There are still people out there on Jaguar Twitter that say, we should keep Blake around as a backup. Like we should, Or they were still up until maybe a few weeks ago still people saying, we should just stick with Blake for another year. He's not that bad. To which I respond, don't talk to me about football ever again.
2: <laughs> Honestly, once you sign another quarterback, I didn't care if you went and signed um, Tyrod, if you signed Sam Bradford and nobody else. If, yeah. you brought, if you brought Kaepernick in off the field and was like, eh, he still has it, which I've been a big supporter and belief that Kaepernick could come in and play still. The point is, no matter who you signed, you had to cut play or trade him. Like there's no way you keep him there because, like you said, Phil, he is that polarizing. He is that much of a a hot-button topic where people in Jacksonville who know him as a person mm. love him and love what he's done for the community. Great guy. There's no problem with that. My problem is when you step inside Tia Bank Field and at the practice facility and what's in between your head during games, it does not translate. So at that point, why am I keeping you as a backup? I ain't going to get somebody cheaper. I ain't going to get Chad Henney again. He seems, he tends to like Jacksonville a lot. Like, let me just cut you it helps me. It helps you. It's like ending a relationship that's dead but nobody wants to admit that it's dead and then finally like somebody else comes around and you're like, yeah, now it's my time to go. It, it just has to happen. Yeah. Let the man be free. Let him go back up somebody. God knows probably knowing Blake Bortles and how life goes he'll probably end up in New England or like the Rams are somewhere, or yeah, somewhere. I, I
0: actually wrote about that. Like New England Patriots loved or they liked Blake Bortles' Uh, And to the point they liked him to the point where I remember and I had to go dig up the tweet. Ian Rappaport was saying that Willie McGinnis, who also works for NFL Network, uh, was telling him that Blake Bortles was would have been the quarterback that the Patriots would have chose uh, in 2014. I think that was 2014, Blake. Yeah. In 2014 over Jimmy Garoppolo. So and then you look at it from this perspective, like Bill Belichick might. Feel like he can. If there's any coach out there that could save Blake Bortles' career, maybe make him a starter again, that's that's the guy. If it's anybody, and it, I mean, if it's anybody, I had to put money on it, it would be him. And I, and that's not to say that he can save Blake Bortles' career as a starter. I'm just saying, if it is a coach out there, is Bill Belichick that can save him. So I, I was. That was one of the teams. And then I said the the Bucks. Again, because of Bruce Arians, obviously. And uh, it was one more team that's escaping me right now. But, uh, yeah, continue on, man.
2: Um, That's about it, really. It's just, did
1: Did we need a quarterback? Yes. Specials is where he will go, so. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, of course, he had to to put in the
0: the (laughs) bar joke. He has to play
2: for a team that is close to a beach. So that is San Diego.
0: Tampa, Miami, San Diego. San Diego, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, yeah. I see what he's saying. San Diego isn't there anymore. It's the Los oh, Angeles Chargers. Yeah. Oh, oh. No,
1: he's gonna go <laughs> oh. play uh, AAFL or
0: whatever. Yes, AASL. he's
2: gonna go join the San Diego Fleet. He'll be the MVP, like you said. See, yeah.
0: Was, that see, Jacob out. knew what he was talking about. He was talking about the Fleet. See, there, I feel my own business.
1: I was <laughs> clarifying. <laughs> you know what? I'm not here to be attacked. At all okay? You know, we just signed Nick Foles. Be angry at the
0: Team, <laughs> right, right. Which, which I guess I should spend my take on a little bit. Even though you know I chimed in here and there on on when Jacob was talking. But first, it's two things I took from that, from what both of y'all were saying. When even when Phil chimed in, that probably you know alluded to this this point. Where, of course, like I said, when they when they signed Blake Bortles last year to the extension, of course that had something to do with it too. Because to get themselves out of that hole. You know, I felt like they would do something like that. So that's part of it. But another thing, a move like this says that I believe that they they and and it was an indication that they believe this in the in the regular season. They believe that the injuries they had in the in the regular season had a lot to do with their failures. And now they 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 probably feel like, you know, adding foes into the mix with everybody healthy. And I'm not saying this is right because it is. And I disagree with this, but adding foes into that mix will probably help them when they are 100 percent healthy. They'll be getting guys like, you know, Norwell back. Cam Robinson back so the offensive line will be healthier and that's how they, they're probably looking at it and another thing to take into account here is like from listening to all of the what what few times you know we've heard Tom Coughlin and Dave Caldwell and Marone speak well Marone's kind of been out there this offseason talking but the, you know Tom Coughlin's kind of been hiding And it's, you know, like that's another story for another time. But this is Mr. You know, he's supposed to be no disrespect to him, but he's supposed to be the boss and the leader of this front office. But when it comes time to explain these failures, he's nowhere to be found. You know, like and I've never liked that, you know, and the media, the media has been looking for him. People, the fans want to hear, you know, they deserve to know, like what happened. We want an explanation when you look at the Giants. After their season, not too soon after their season, you know what Dave Gettleman was doing? He was out there having a press conference, at least explaining to the best of his knowledge what happened in the season. Of course, he can't tell them what they're going to do in the offseason and, you know, give them, you know, a a outline of what they're going to do in the draft. But he was out there explaining it to the best that he could. And we don't have that with Tom Coughlin. But that's another story for another time. Going back to the failures of of the Jaguars lad this past year. Another thing is, I think from just listening to their their press conferences, they believe in the receiving core that they have, and that's not to say they won't draft anybody, but they they deeply believe in DJ Chark. They think he's clearly better than what he was last year, and that's that's going to be easy to achieve for him to be better than that, because <laughs> I mean, let's let's just face it. D.J. Chark, you know, he was he couldn't catch anything. He, he had the fumbles. And I'm a big believer in D.J. Chark myself. So from that perspective, I can see, you know, why they, they would be high on him bouncing back. And especially with Foles, who say what you want to get about him. And I'm again, I'm just as mad as Jacob and Phil about this signing. But he does throw a good deep ball. And that's what Chark lacked with the Blake Bortles. So maybe they're looking at it from that perspective that, you know, they got DD um, clearly tight end is going to be a top need of this team. Especially when you look back at how foes flourished in, in Philadelphia with the Eagles, he had Tyler uh, Zach Ertz clearly, in my opinion, the best tight end in football. We don't have that. We don't have nothing close to that. So clearly that's going to have to be addressed. Obviously they can't address it in, in free agency because all of the good tight ends are gone. Like the closest thing, you can maybe say that could have been, you know, that had the upside of a Ertz was maybe Jesse James and he signed with the Lions. So that's you, you got to put we'll talk on that later, though, what they can do after this. But you got to put that at the top of the list, especially with Foles and DiFilippo here now. So I think that's another key is that they believe that when everybody gets back, they're going to be fine. They believe in this receivers core, even though they may feel they make an add one or two people. Um, and that, yeah, they're just banking on the young guys to uplift him. And of course they're going to use uh, or, or address some needs in the draft offensively. But this, this deal is what I, what I'm saying, this deal that they gave him says that they believe in what they have on offense to a degree, although they still need starters and they, they, you know, they're blaming this on the injuries. To me, that's what this deal says. And that that's the last thing you would think you would hear from Tom Coughlin is making excuses. But I believe, like, to a degree that some excuses are being made in the front office to shot Khan, And he shouldn't be down for that. But again, I digress from my point. But this clearly is a case to that. When you look at this, this to me, this bad contract, I didn't want to sign foes for nothing more than 18 million. And I get it. He probably wasn't going to sign for anything less or more or, or should I say for anything less Than 20 million. I get it. I understand it. I understand their mindset. But personally, I would have just went on with like a guy like Bridgewater, as Jacob has said. I would have went with a guy like Tyrod Taylor, because with this defense, they would have been just fine. And anyway, the the thing about it is like the Jaguars could have went with a rookie. I said this on Twitter because these past two years, they've been trying to use the quarterback position as less as possible because Blake Bortles was their quarterback. So why not put a rookie back there? In my opinion, what's the difference? Since they want to basically eliminate the impact of the quarterback position and build around them and get Leonard Fournette and this, that, and the other, why not put a rookie back there and and see if you can flourish with that? I mean, it worked in twenty seventeen. I mean, hey, they
1: didn't- can can I can I ask you a question about that? So when you know bringing up the rookies, do you think this kind this speaks to how maybe they felt about? Because I don't think that Kyle Murray is there at seven, or unless mm-hmm. you trade up for him, do you think this kind of spoke volumes as to how they felt about the class in general, knowing what's coming up next year? Or do you mm-hmm. think they just were really set on Nick Foles because of DiFilippo?
0: Uh, well, I, I think mm. to a degree they really like Foles for Filippo, But I think I talked about this, too. That's a good question, actually, Phil. And I think what it is, is I don't think Tom Coughlin knows how to exactly evaluate modern-day quarterbacks, and that meaning in the draft. And they I mean, this is a team that they went and they they watched Haskins a lot. They went to like they scouted six of his games. I know Coughlin scouted like four of his uh, personally games. But I just think like they're just they just are too scared to go that route despite all the work they put in. And and I think Blake Bortles is a part of that. Just seeing him fail and, and, and whatnot. And then you look at it, you look at it, they. They've been having trouble evaluating quarterbacks because reportedly, you know, they wanted Deshaun Watson but decided against it and kept Blake Bortles. Obviously, this is a team that doesn't, in my opinion, they just simply don't know what they're looking at 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 the quarterback position, obviously, for keeping Blake Bortles and passing on the guys that are flourishing like Mahomes and and Watson. So, obviously, that's an issue. And I think they just trust going with a veteran more. But I, I do think that they really did like Haskins, but they just simply would prefer to go with the veteran route. But that was the and You're right. Phil, to a degree. Yeah. They didn't like this class. Haskins was probably the only guy that they would feel comfortable with doing if they went that route. And that was an issue in itself. So, that you know, he's like really the only good or the, the logical fit for them to start right away. So I guess they didn't want to just get in, caught up in a situation where like they didn't have a quarterback going into the draft. Or or they had a guy like Bridgewater or Tyrod Taylor and just had to bank on getting Haskins because that's, as we know, not a guarantee. So that had a lot to do with it, in my opinion.
2: I say it was a panic
0: move. Yeah, it was partially panic. And that's, and that's, they didn't want to get caught up in a panic mood for the draft. You know, get in the situation where they had to trade up for a quarterback, and exactly that's it. That, you're right. You you exactly you hit the nail on the head there. It was a panic move, so they wouldn't have to panic in the draft. And not only that, like I said, it's just Coughlin. Another thing is, you look at Coughlin's history; he's never had to make this call, so this is foreign territory for him. And I'm talking about getting a a quarterback out of the draft. He didn't draft Eli Manning. He didn't, you know, they didn't want nothing to do with him in the front. They they kept him away from the front office. They were like, you coach we will do the work in the front office. Of course he gave evaluations, this, that, and the other. And then when he was in Jacksonville, he didn't have to draft a franchise quarterback. He traded for Mark Brunel. We, so we're looking at a guy just, that just simply doesn't know, uh, in my opinion, how to properly evaluate a rookie quarterback, bring him into their team, groom him and get that quarterback to be what they want him to be. They rather much rather trust a veteran because they feel like drafting a quarterback is just foreign territory, especially Coughlin. Should I say, I think Dave Caldwell, if he was still in charge, we was, we would have went with Haskins in my opinion, because I mean, Dave Caldwell is a guy. He's a huge believer in the draft and and you can say what you want about Dave Caldwell. He spends a lot of money in free agency, but he comes from a tree where he believes you have to draft a quarterback to be the guy and you know he comes from a tree that wouldn't trust a quarterback out of free agency to be a starter in my opinion
2: that's fair but i'm saying it's a panic move and i'm not even thinking in terms of just the draft and the questionable quarterback class that this is i see it as a panic move in the sense of one we made a mistake last year with blake two i think coughlin maybe caldwell maybe the cons Maybe just everybody kind of has this realization of this defense doesn't have much longer. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so it's it like, that.
2: yeah, it's like, all right, crap. What do we do? What do we do? What do we, right. do, we do? What do we do? What do we do? That too, you, and the you, front you, office. You, you.
0: The front office is also this is another thing. The front office may be feeling heat to the point where they think they're going to be fired. That they're on a one-year leash, and that even goes to. For, I mean, like we can argue that Coughlin may feel safe and he may have a longer leash, but to a degree, he may feel the heat that if this thing don't go, don't work out and they don't fix the mistake that was Blake Borders that he'll be fired, too. And rightfully so, he should have been fired in January, if we being honest. But again, I'm digressing from the point, but I think they're feeling the heat. And when you feel the heat that you're going to get fired and this is a do or die year because they've been saying it, they feel like it's a do or die year. I don't know if that's coach talk, but I would think they're being honest with that you make moves like this when you feel in the heat and you're in the hot seat and especially i mean you can't really say doug marone is is the guy that makes the moves because he's he obviously doesn't have anything to do with who they bring in that's all on coughlin and caldwell but yeah coughlin and caldwell are feeling the heat because caldwell no, he should have been fired i don't nobody understands to this day why he's still here <laughs> but now coughlin is feeling like caldwell was feeling in 2017 He's in panic mode. So now we got a whole front office that's just, you know, not only do they know how to make evals on quarterbacks from the draft, they're also feeling the heat that they could be fired. And that's how you get a move like this. That's exactly how you get in a situation like this.
2: You're Right. Because if you, because this screams panic, like we just said, because if you can stop and just look at this situation for a second, we're all well aware that getting rid of Blake Bortles and finding a replacement, that had to be done. No argument right. there. Perfectly fine. Take the seven mil, six and a half mil in dead cap space now. Eat it. Call it a day. The problem is when you go and spend $22 million, Again, actually, I think most of my problem isn't that it's Nick Foles. It's that you gave Nick Foles $22 million
0: exactly and that's what you know that's what i've been saying in the past podcast oh, i said i said i like nick Foles. i'm on record for saying that but i always say if only if he came at the right price yeah and then say I, the right price
2: 13 million share but the thing is this is a short-sighted decision trying to fix another short-sighted decision when if you just stopped and you were like all right who's out there now that is a legitimate or reasonable can turn into a better upgrade than blake Bortles? You go Tyrod, Teddy Bridgewater, Nick Foles, Tannehill. If he gets cut, like there's four or five options right off top, right right there. So you look at it, you go, okay, Tannehill, we got to wait on to see what the Dolphins do. So we'll take him off the list. Nick Foles, all right, we know what his price tag is. We'll see what we can do with it. Teddy Bridgewater. Look good in New Orleans. He got signed for the cheap with the Jets. It was on a one-year deal. You've seen him play. You know he could be a franchise quarterback. He's still young. So it's like, all right, that right, can work. And then you're like, okay, well, if I don't want to go still with, like, a, a rookie vet, I want somebody who's been through the trenches. There's Tyrod. He spent time in Baltimore, Buffalo. Led Buffalo to the playoffs. I mean, right. he was in Cleveland. In so similar you make
0: circumstances, l- too. Like, that's the thing. Exactly. Like they, If they would have sat back and looked at this, like, hey, we, we witnessed what Tyrod, well, we witnessed where Tyrod Taylor can get a team with a good defense because they had to come and play us at TIAA Bank Field in the wild card round. So they should have known firsthand that a guy like Tyrod, if you pair him with this defense that you so – You know, you so called believe in so much, you pair him with the defense that good, or you pair Teddy Bridgewater with this defense, you are at least a postseason team. So, like, 10
2: wins, at least. Right.
0: I mean, at least that's how they should feel. Whether or not that's true or not, you know, that, you know, we'll never know now, obviously. But another thing, too, Jacob, is. And you kind of touched on this is or, or you you gave me an indication that you wanted to touch on this is they should have not. We shouldn't have even got to this point. You know why? Because they should have got a backup plan for Blake Bortles after they signed him to that extension. That's another issue. And that's another reason you get to this type of situation where you paying Nick Foles, 22 million a year. Had they had the, the stomach to get a guy behind Blake Bortles. Uh, to be grooming to this point, they wouldn't have to worry about paying this guy the money that they are. You know, you could have had maybe a Lamar Jackson who people going to, you know, they'll critique about his throwing ability or how uh, do you want, how do you want even better? You could have had a Mason Rudolph behind him who wouldn't even took a first round pick. Me and Phil have discussed that. You could have got Mason Rudolph in the third round that, you know, that, that didn't even take one of your top two picks. And I don't understand. Like that is the kind of stuff that con if, if he understood the game of football, he should be looking at like, yeah, that that I can't let that slide. You know, you had these multiple opportunities to get these certain quarterbacks to have groom just in case Blake Bortles fell when you knew it was a possibility that he would fail because history said he was a sporadic quarterback in the first place.
2: Yeah. And that was kind of getting where it was like, all right. So you got these four quarterback options, two of them. You look at Tyrod and Teddy, you're looking at 10 wins. We've had this argument times and time before. Tyrod Taylor might not necessarily win you a game, but he ain't going to lose it for you. Right. And then that becomes, okay, I can get them all for cheap. I can give them one year $8 million deals, one year $10 million, whatever. And look at the 2019 draft class. Assuming everybody comes out, everybody's healthy, everybody stays up to expectations and how they've charted out so far, you have Tua, you have Fromm, you have Herbert. That's three quarterbacks right now that are significantly better than anybody that's a free agent or right. anybody that is currently in this draft class. That includes Kyler Murray and Haskins. Right.
0: And they might and, be looking at that. That's It's funny you bring that up. That Now, that might explain this deal more. You hit the nail on the head. Like if you, you think about it, that might explain why this deal is is even a thing, because if you notice, like I said, it's really a two year deal. Maybe that they're puzzles so, me more. So maybe they're more confident in the next in next year's class to where they want to draft a successor next year to groom under Foles, which will be Foles' second year, uh, in terms of the guarantees and whatnot, which they'll be clearing out most most of those then, to have him be groomed in twenty twenty and just take the reins from Foles on that third year where they could just cut him. I thought about
2: mm-hmm. that. Now that puzzles me more because now it's like you just shelled out. Four yeah. years, $88 million. You are million. You're repeating the same mistake. You're still going to take a dead cap space hit,
0: yeah, one true. possibly
2: significant. So I'm just like, all right, get me a stopgap. Get me a tie rod. Get me a Teddy. And Teddy Teddy is honestly the best free agent quarterback available now because he could either serve as a stopgap. Hey, I just need one year. Get me time. Get me a quarterback that I really, really love. Or he can be like, a franchise quarterback where you're like, okay, this actually works, it's a perfect fit, or he can serve as a legit backup. Like, right. he checks all the boxes off. So this all just puzzles me that you give Nick Foles, one, $22 million a year, two, four years, three, you put us out in after two, but after two, you're still putting yourself in a hole. So just all how this was put together just puzzles me. Like, if you did a... Two year 40 million.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I think I wouldn't be quite as bad if it was a straight up two and 40. Right. That's we'll what I was say,
0: aiming for. Like, if you look at all the articles, I was saying two years at the most, two years at the most. But, yeah, we like it was becoming painfully clear it wasn't going to be two years. Like, yeah. as we went on through this process, it was becoming like everybody kept saying multi year deal. A multi year deal could be a two year deal. But when you start using that type of term, typically, is three to four, and that's when it became yeah. clear what they were doing.
2: So, Nick Foles is 30 right now, he'll be 34 t- by the time this contract ends if he plays it out. Yeah, yeah. I get quarterbacks can play forever, but right, and then, I
0: mean, he's an injury prone one too, so there's that, right.
1: there's that. and he and, and Jay, you, you really just hit the nail on the head here, like where has Tom Coughlin been and like, I'm going to be honest with you, like with the fan base in general, is you, you gotta stop romanticizing the Tom Coughlin era guys. It was, it was so long ago. Yes. We had success a couple of years ago, but it was literally the perfect storm for us to be successful. Like right. we talked about the AFCs, the, the, the South being down, Andrew Luck being, being down and out to Sean Watson, got hurt that year. Right. Um, but it was a perfect storm and you gotta stop romanticizing because like you said, he has not been in this position where he 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 is able to develop a quarterback. I just looked it up while you guys were talking. Then you know, you know what uh, the Jaguars traded to get Mark Brunell?
0: What was
1: it? It's exactly what the Raiders got. I mean, sorry, what the Steelers got for Antonio Brown—a third and a fifth. Oh, they dealt him to uh, to the Green Bay Packers. And you know what? Like they're going into. Uh, just doing a little bit of, you know, looking up here, doing a little research on Mark Brunel, nobody – the the league didn't expect Mark Brunel to be what he was. He was a fifth-round draft pick. You know what I mean? Right. Tom got, Coughlin didn't
0: that. even expect him to no. be that probably.
1: He fell into their laps. You know what right. I mean? And same thing with Eli Manning. And, and now he's trying to, I guess, do this again. But like, like you said, guys, it's just – I, you, we got to start holding this guy accountable. I feel like everyone's yes. giving him a pass, and no one's talking about the facts, which is what we, we're you know we try to do here, while still being subjective and you know what i mean but like you gotta look at the facts guys he, this this window is so very small you talk about four years like this team might not even this team's gonna look totally different in two years we don't know what it's going to look like you know you got to try and keep all these guys together you got to keep miles jack and jalen ramsey and, and yannick and gawk you got to keep these guys at the core of, of the team together not everyone's going to be like calais campbell or marcel darius where they're like you know what i want to stay let's restructure, let's, let's, let's do something, you know, to make sure that we're able to, to do some, do something in free agency or whatever it is. Like no one is, we're, we're just not looking at the, the, what, what appears to us, like the three of us, it seems to be like right in front of us. I don't understand why it's, it seems so difficult for them to just do the simplest mm-hmm. of things. Exactly. And a lot of people that I've talked you know, to, I've talked to a lot of people. I've, I've talked to our buddy Gage. I talked to Eric about it. They are baffled by this money, by this, the, this contract. You guys like, I don't understand. Two years would have been fine. I get it. You know what? Get him in and out. Maybe draft the, the next guy next year. You know what I mean? That class, obviously, we keep talking about that. Draft a guy. I, I, and people are saying, no hey, are they still going I don't think they're going to draft Haskins now. I don't think there's a chance. I no,
0: it has I don't. Yep. This this deal say they might not even go with a quarterback in the top three rounds. Exactly. And and one more thing, Phil, and I'm gonna let you continue after that. You're right about we need to be and we've been preaching this. They need to hold Tom Coughlin accountable. Everybody keeps bringing up the two Super Bowl rings. And this is my reply to that. <laughs> that that doesn't it doesn't matter to me what you did as a coach. You're now a front office executive. There's a difference. There's a total difference between coaching a team and running a front office. Okay, so that has nothing to do with what he's gonna have to do in, in terms of in the front office. So the the two Super Bowl things doesn't matter because he's now running a team. He's not a coach anymore. Like and there's also, no disputing that he. Look, I, I say this all the time. Tom Coughlin has more coaching ability in his fingertip than we have in his in our bodies. Okay, so there's no disputing what he could do as a coach. He's a Hall of Fame coach, but that don't mean I want you running my front office. Right point blank period and that's where i'm at with it and we're seeing him make some of the same mistakes this seems like the same mistakes he was making when he was running the jags front office or semi running it or whatever you want to call it these are some of the same mistakes that they were making before where you know they would find themselves in cap trouble of course now it's easier now you could just remove that cap and let guys go and free up cap space now cap cap space is kind of fake now But I'm just saying, I don't see a difference between the Tom Coughlin that ran the Jets front office then or partially ran the Jets front office in the 90s and the one now. There's no difference.
1: And And that's where I'm at on it. We won't keep being a dead horse here talking about just bidding against ourselves and just... (laughs) I mean, it didn't really seem like there were any other suitors. I don't know if this maybe has something to do with there's not really another team didn't want to get involved because they didn't feel like they would really realistically have a chance. I don't know what it was, you guys, but look, I like I'll just leave it at this. You know, I hope we're wrong about this. That would be fantastic. I hope he goes out and and proves that he is worth this money. All I'm Mm -hmm. all we are saying here, guys, to those of you listening, is we've seen this try and play out before and the guy almost quit football because he was so miserable <laughs> and now you're gonna pair him up with keelan cole who i love but drops everything uh, and and then marquise lee coming back from injury and then a bunch of unproven young guys and you're gonna throw him out there with a letter Fournette that may not even want to be here like that's what you're gonna bank on you know what i mean like and we're gonna waste the final years of Of of, of a Calais Campbell and a Jalen Ramsey, and we're gonna, we have all these guys on this this amazing defense that you might be blowing it. And you know, and and I hope that in a few, in in four years when we're looking back at this, at this deal, we're not like, we're, I hope that we're saying, man, we were wrong about that. Look what I'll gladly
0: say, I was wrong. Uh, Heck, I mean, I'd be out there dancing on the field if we win a Super Bowl with Foles. I don't.
1: I'm That's, not rooting
0: against them. None of us rooting against it, man.
1: No, definitely. Right. There were points during the during the 2017 season. I was like, oh my god, Blake Bortles has played himself into being the future of this team. Like, he yeah, he was <laughs> yeah. And I really like, right, okay, no, never man. got to that point, but yeah. I, I I was at that when he had that three game run, and then I was like, I was like, I mean, sorry, I mean, I was like, oh my god. <laughs>
0: I mean, that. I won't say I was like sole on him, but I was like, okay, this guy might be turning the corner. Yeah, I'm like, I'm with you to a degree, Phil. But, yeah. I mean, I hope.
1: I I just I just hope that we that we look back on this and and say that okay, we were incorrect, but also, please, guys, you got to start holding Tom Coughlin accountable. And you know, like, like like I said when we started this, guys, we have a, we have a lot to say about this, and I know we've been kind of <laughs> we've been kind of deemed the the anti. Uh, <laughs> for an Bought office site, yeah. site <laughs> for the Tag Worth. but yeah, that's mostly because it we it shouldn't. They just keep doing things that just make us so frustrated and, and this head scratching right. decisions. And we just want you guys to also help hold, hold them accountable, so that way hopefully things progress in the future. Because they'll you know they they hear they hear you guys. They really do. They hear the fan base and what and, and bottom you know hopefully Shad Khan hears us and more specifically tony Khan, who is really been very involved with the fan base you know what i mean so hopefully something comes of this but that's what we you know those are our those are our short thoughts you know uh, <laughs> <laughs> right right version of what we sorry feel. y'all
0: i didn't mean to uh, go on a rant but you know what, so,
1: <laughs> just to move on and, and continue here because this is obviously going to be very free agent heavy so going forward I, I don't even know i mean jacob you and i were talking about this like what can they do now money-wise because they freed up all this cash um, after releasing you know all the releases uh that they, they it was like it was like black monday in the wwe you know what i mean like a whole bunch of people all of a <laughs> <then>. <laughs> got right. their, you know the best with your future endeavors uh paperwork they got it here in the last few days so what can they realistically do now i mean how much even money do they still have left to play with or, or was or are we just going to be pretty much getting a whole bunch of low-level signings from here on here on out to fill out the roster
2: um, I kind of wish football had the mid level exception like the NBA does because then, you know, I could probably live with Foles' deal a little bit more because they can get some quality bets for the cheap. But I don't think there's going to be that much cap space. I think Jay could tell me better cause with exactly how well, much. yeah, we got to see
0: how the deal structure specifically in the first I mean, yeah, we know he's getting like, what was it, 46 40, uh, million in the first two years. But yep. I guess, like, we'll know more on, like, their cap situation. They'll probably start having posts tomorrow, like, on their cap situation because it never was truly revealed how much they had in cap space after making all of the cuts. But they did free up, and Jacob wrote on this, they did free up roughly $30 million with all the cuts they made. Right. So
2: As of right now, according to Over the Cap, they have $29 in cap space. That, of course, does not take into account for Nick Foles' still. So let's say we got eight million cap space. Mm-hmm. And we'll probably, yeah, we'll say eight million cap space. Um, um, I don't know what you get with 8 mil.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Well, yeah, we just, it's just a matter of how much does uh, Nick Foles take off of that, that figure, that 28 million figure or 29 that uh, Jacob just looked up. But I mean, like, let's just say hypothetically, Jacob, um, like, you know, who who do you like what are some needs that you think they need to address if you like take the cap out of it or look look at some guys that may be affordable or this that and the other i mean i would look at safety
2: i would just just touch that you know take care of things because you made a move there so i would double sure up safety because you don't want two young players like really young players anchoring the back end of your defense at the same time, with Wilson and Ronnie Harrison, although we shown Ronnie showing that he can play, that's not a problem. Yeah. It's still that, yeah, I just probably would want to put a vet in there. So I would look at safety. I would look at the O line. You let Parnell go. You got a couple players coming back off the injury. Kind of want to just sheer things up. At least get a quality backup who could possibly turn into a starter if necessary. All right. And then we don't have a tight end. Yeah. And, yeah,
0: that's the thing. Like, two of the positions you touched on is like the tight end. It's just not a guy that I, I mean, I've been looking through the free agency list. And aside from Jesse James, who they had interest in reportedly, it's, you know, it's not a guy that's going to be very impactful. I know they told, they said they left the door open. At least Dave Caldwell did say this, that they left the door open for ASJ. But I, I highly doubt he would come back. I mean, why would he want to? And it's probably a team that will pay him more than we would, you know. So there's that. Um, so tight end has to be addressed. And we'll talk about that later in and the offseason.
2: And then you have running back. So yep. For the Win has a list of the top 50 free agents going into today. And on that list, Nick Foles ranked number 48. So we'll just stick that there. Tyler effort um, Eifert. Uh, The Bengals tight
0: end. No, 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 no. No. We're not even finna talk about (laughs) it. Tyler Eifert plays like two games a season, bro. I was gonna say
1: Uh he like like physically broken like like yeah.
0: (laughs) And Tom, you know Tom Coughlin ain't gonna even like. I mean, then again, like you know what? I'm giving Tom Coughlin too much credit. I would say Tom Coughlin values being healthy, but then again, he got Nick Foles, who's kind of been questionable with health too. So he drafted for that yeah that too that too you know, you know the funny thing about that i was listening to back at a press conference with dave caldwell and he was saying that um he got on the subject of like you know if we see a player we got a player he's being injured on the the college level typically that means he's going to be injured on the nfl level and then they got leonard fournette though so <laughs> i didn't i didn't understand that he was saying that last month and like it just hit me that like they have Leonard Fournette on the team and he, you know, he's a guy that misses like two or three games a season. You know, hopefully he changes that. You know, that's another story for another time, y'all. Though, but seeing Fournette work out in Wyoming, I'll say this: I'm actually kind of optimistic about that. But we'll talk about that next episode. I don't know why it's just year. a it's a it's a gut season, uh, just a gut feeling that. Like I just feel like he's gonna bounce back. I don't not, I don't necessarily know he's gonna play like he's how many games he's gonna play, but I feel like he's gonna like be more along the lines of what we saw in twenty seventeen or maybe better. But another story for another time.
2: Uh one quick sidebar on that. Wyoming, what is he doing working on the album with Kanye?
0: I thought I thought the same thing. He he told Doug Marone that, you know, he just from the context of it or from what I grasped, he just wanted to be away from everything to where he can focus more and i mean the it will give you all the focus you want you know he i don't know if y'all seen the videos but he's been working out at the university of wyoming you know at the cowboys facility uh over there where Tayshawn gibson used to go to school if i'm not mistaken and some other guys yeah so (laughs) and didn't josh allen go there wasn't it Uh, um yeah yeah so yeah he's out there in the boondocks working out i mean i mean like look man like we can't that's a good thing. You know, he he's not you know slacking off at least, you know. In Wyoming there's nothing to do but work out. You know
2: what I'm saying? Yeah, so Josh Allen went to Wyoming. All right, fair enough. So we'll just we'll come back to that next episode.
1: Right. looking at this state. Or something like that. Do you go to Wyoming? Was it Wyoming? Who that? Who? Josh Allen, you went to Wyoming? he oh, yeah. went to yeah. Wyoming? I just googled it's it. All one big state up there, honestly, like on um, there's not so. <laughs> Oh, it's not but WITSEC, military, and farmers. Yet, that's <laughs> it.
2: That's the only reason you're out there. You're in WITSEC, you're in the military, or your family's been farmers that have just been there forever. <laughs> but looking at this list of top 50, we said we need a tight end, probably need some O-line, and then you also have, speaking of Fournette, running backs, because no way Yonan, Fournette, and Grant all come back. No way... Two of those three come back. I honestly expect all three to be gone, to be honest. I see Fournette getting traded on draft day. So looking at that, you have Jay Ajayi. <clears throat> I have Tevin Coleman from the Falcons. Le'Veon Bell is out there. We ain't got nobody, so we can just forget about that one. <laughs> Mark Ingram is out there, who could be a great fit if you get him for the right price if he decides to leave New Orleans.
1: Oh, I'd love to have my Mark Ingram. I would love that.
0: Speaking of which, they did on Free Agency Frenzy yesterday when me and Josh were recording the back shoulder fade. And uh, feel free to check out those, by the way. Just want to plug that real quick. But anyway, when we were watching it on Free Agency Frenzy, uh, Ian Rappaport and Mike Garofolo did mention AP as a um, guy for the Jags. Like, I don't know if they were saying, like, he's been getting some interest from the Jags or, like, they were just, you know, spitballing and saying, hey, you know, ap could be a guy for the jags but it makes sense because you know ap is one of he's up there in age he probably won't ask for a lot of money but at the same time like it, clearly like one of the things they're looking at this year is getting leaders into the locker room clearly with foes as much as we hate the contract they want they you know part of it is they want leadership and you know we, we look at what that,
1: well guys that want to win
0: Right. But you look at Leonard Fournette and his his issues off the field last year and his issues with the front office, should I say, you know, maybe they, you know, AP would make sense in terms of bringing in a guy that can be that veteran guy to show him the way as a leader. But I'm just, you know, just throwing that out there that I saw that on free agency frenzy. So
2: so looking at this list again for the win of who would be cheap or affordable to get.
1: J.H.I.E. J. J. you might be able to get for a decent price DJ Fluker on the O-line uh, Adam Humphrey's name keep him brought up
0: but yeah Adam Humphrey's gonna want some money though some bread especially at receiver I mean they might J- you, you, you make a things. good point he, they may can get him on a one year deal but I don't yeah. know I think he's gonna want to break the bank for a multi-year deal personally
2: Let's see who else is on here. Got a bunch of DBs, Bs, Trey
0: Flowers. Mm. J Wan James right. is one, but that's when that's before they spent all this money on foes. I mean, because J1 James is arguably you probably could say the best offensive tackle on the market. So and he's young. So you Trent pretty, Brown. I think you can rule him out. Trent Brown actually signed though. With the Raiders. Yeah, well, the highest I think he's like the highest paid offensive tackle now. As a matter of fact. <laughs> yeah. And I won't you know what? I won't laugh at it because Trent Brown went to my high school uh and shout outs to the two now. We make it history and all be so like I was actually happy to see that. <laughs> uh,
2: yep I just see that. Four years sixty six mil thirty seven guaranteed. All right. Highest paid O line in NFL history. Get he your money, black man. Beanie.
0: Yep, <laughs> he made it.
2: Um, like there's some pieces out there, but it's really, can you afford it? Can you get them on a one-year deal? Right. Can you, who else do you have to cut that you can free up space? So it's gonna be interesting. You kind of put yourself in a pigeonhole, and hopefully you have a plan before you put yourself in
0: a hole. Right. Right. Another guy I, we failed to mention before we move on is Latavius Murray. I don't even see him on this list, if I'm not mistaken. But Latavius Murray is maybe a guy you could get for the cheap because yeah, of his awesome. ties to um to de, de Filippo. I think he was with the Vikings last year, if I'm not mistaken. And also, you know, Latavius is a Florida native. So, you know, he may be willing to take less to come back home and be close to Orlando, which is I'm assuming I think that's his home. So y you, you know, he's a guy you could maybe get on a one year deal and he's actually like, you know, in my opinion, he's he's a serviceable backup too. Especially, you know, like I said, granted Fournette's injury history. So don't be surprised if we, we hear his name. Yeah. So Yeah, I mean like that's the guy like you said, Jacob, those are the type of guys they gotta aim for though. Like, you know, guys they can get for the cheap probably. Again, we'll know more on like where the salary cap stands when when more is revealed. But like you know, get, aim for guys like Latavius. You know they got ties to Florida that you can bring in on the cheap for a one year deal, and you know those type of guys. But uh, if you if you're banking on them getting a marquee guy, that's probably unlikely to the fans out there.
2: That's that now. So <laughs> or trade
1: back and go get a running back.
0: Right. I mean that, and that's that's another thing. I guess we could say it way into that part, Phil. Right.
1: Yeah. Um. So essentially, um well that we, we've kind of been talking about that out here already as far as uh, a little bit you know what are they going to do now that they got the uh now that they've got the the quarterback so what do you think you know you guys feel that they do as far as as the draft you know do they do they trade back now uh, to maybe some maybe haskins falls to seven and somebody is really you know really really in love with them and you're able to accumulate some picks you know what do you guys feel is on the on the to-do list now that they they feel like they've got their guy at quarterback now, at least for the for the foreseeable future. Um, I, I we, as we had already talked about, it doesn't seem like I, I don't see them going quarterback here, guys. For those of you that are still holding out hope that maybe we get a Haskins or something like that, yeah. it's not going to happen, as Jay alluded to in the first few rounds. It's just not going to, unfortunately, not when you're paying you're shelling out this kind of money for for someone you hope is the guy. Them. I just don't see it happening. You don't want Nick Foles coming in here looking over his shoulder. You know, you, you pay him that kind of money because you want him to believe that he's the guy. So, what do you guys see them doing here in the first round? Would you prefer them trade out, or is there somebody somebody that you'd like to see them target now that we, you know we have Foles? What do you guys think is going to be the move here?
0: Well, yeah, to think about the foes move is you know we don't like it, but it it does give them flexibility to trade back and and the reason I say that is because you look in the top ten what they need, you don't necessarily have to use a top ten pick on those guys I mean, I know uh there's the tackle from Alabama that everybody's high on uh and then there's um you know some some other uh big name tackles from the sec but like i think they could just trade back and they could they could stockpile picks now and i mean i think like a, a guy that i'm high on personally and I, oh my god i can't believe i'm about to say this i'm about to throw up but um Wan taylor from the gators as a right tackle but you don't want to who, like who's gonna take a right tackle in the top 10 you know what i'm saying so like you could trade back and get him and you, you, you know you can get you an extra second or something like that so like the Foles move from that perspective maybe helps them. Uh, you know, th- there's been talk about T.J. Hockerson, uh, who, you know, that he went to Iowa or like Noah Fant, uh, the other Iowa tight end, both of whom would flourish under Filippo and Foles if everything goes well. But again, you know, you don't have to spend a top 10 pick on those guys. You can now trade back, get you an extra second, and you could probably fix up your offensive line because like the second to the third round is kind of and the fourth round is kind of a sweet spot for the offensive line you can fix up the offensive line in one draft so that 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 is one positive to take out of it so it, I, me personally yeah i'm looking at like either you getting a big weapon at tight end because the free agency class doesn't have that obviously we just talked about that or you you know you land you one or two Offensive tackles or offensive uh, linemen for the right side of your line, because as we all know, AJ can and uh, Jeremy Parnell for sure will be gone.
2: Yeah. Um, trade back, trade back, trade back, trade back. Yeah. Like I've literally got the phone like the phones on the hook. The ring is all the way loud. <laughs> I got the cell phone on the charger. I got the iPad in case you want to drop a FaceTime. Like, every device is available, (laughs) open for lines of communication, come talk to me. Right. Because, like you said, at seven, what what do you need that you can't wait and get, like, six picks later, five picks later? Right.
0: Unless you want to just, like, get a, you know, a a defensive lineman, which would make – that would just – oh, my God, people would be – jumping off the top of TIAA-Bankfield if they took another defensive lineman. But if you want to, like, shore up the defense line because you're not comfortable with your depth, maybe you stay there and take a defensive lineman if a guy falls to you. Yeah, but, I was
1: going to say, one of those big names falls, maybe, uh, but still, like, people would freak out.
0: <laughs> like, right, would right. Panic. I don't oh, want yeah. Quentin Williams, <laughs> you know? Like, what do we need another defensive lineman for? You know, ours is elite, this, that, and the other. But, I mean, yeah, our depth does scare me. On the defensive line, on the edge especially, but I don't, I don't know, I don't think they would go that route. I
2: mean, you can go get Brian Burns at stuff.
0: Nah, <laughs> I like I like Burns, but nah, nah. Gee. I mean, even if you're gonna do that, you can still trade back and get him. In my opinion, that's kind of the point of making this. Right, right, yeah, yeah, okay. You,
2: you you can trade back for anything. Honestly, but... I see this pick as being one of those they're gonna grab somebody, and we're all gonna sit there and go what did we just see? Right, And then, like, 15 picks
0: later,
2: <laughs> 15 picks later, you'll see somebody else be grabbed, and you're like, wait, what's going on? And then a pick later, you'll be like, oh, okay, they made a trade there. This right. is one of those type of picks, because I honestly don't see. I'm going to start doing a mock draft and researching some more,
0: mm. but
2: who is there
0: right.
2: that you're just like... Yeah. Kyler Murray, if he falls?
0: I mean... I would love Haskins. to see them get Haskins if he fall, but they not. I don't think they would do that. But, I mean, like, I'm looking at it right now. Like, you know, Cody Ford, offensive tackle from Oklahoma, a guy that I feel like you can get back at, like, 15. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's one of the guys that's been highly tapped to us. Uh, let's see. It was another one that I saw in terms of the offensive line that they can go back and get. Um, uh, I already said j Taylor. Uh, I keep the guy from Alabama keeps escaping me. The offensive tackle from Alabama, what's his name? But him, even him, I think you can go back to 10 and get him if you want to do that, you know, so.
1: And, you know, I guess. Uh, sorry, Jay. I mean, Yo, you know, uh, you know what happened? You know, a lot of stuff happens at these pro days. You know, one of, one of these whatever the third quarterback is, all of a sudden somebody feels like they have to go get him. You know what I mean? And all of a sudden you're sitting there at seven. Hey, your guy is here. You know, do what do you what do you guys want to do? You know, someone to pick right. up the phone, and uh, you know, let's let's talk. So, uh, you know, you definitely think that trading back has to be the hopefully is is the is the goal. You're not going to go quarterback,
0: right? Right. Yeah, they definitely can't. Like, you know, looking at it, the, the team like the the Dolphins, who clearly, I mean, we already talked about it. They're looking for a stopgap. Potentially in, in Tyrod Taylor, you know, Dolphins might call you be like, hey, guys, you know, let's work something out presents a great opportunity to get a lot of picks, which I mean, that that could be the key to fixing the Jags offense, because we've said it, they have so many needs. Maybe they could just trade back and stockpile on offensive picks in the front part of the draft. And, you know, maybe it works out from that perspective, but only time will tell.
1: Yeah, it's not a bad option. My bad. I had to step away for a second. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, like you said, time will time will tell. I just hope we don't come up, we don't come away from the draft with another head scratching decision, which seems to have been you know the norm around <laughs> here as of late. But, Big time but train. we'll have a uh, we will have plenty to talk about, and if day one is any indication, then the rest of the off is going to be quiet. Quite eventful, so you know. We uh, to, to, to summarize, we got the quarterback. Hopefully, we seem we. The consensus here at the Jaguars Wire obviously is a little apprehensive. Uh, again, we hope that we are wrong about that. But um, as far as free agency goes, guys, don't expect a whole lot of news as far as big names. A lot more guys um, that probably have something they feel like they need to prove, you know what I mean? Coming here on short-term, lower money deals. And then as far as the draft, okay, look, the ball's kind of in their court really at this point. They sit in an awkward position where I really think what it's going to come down to is, is somebody going to trade up to get ahead of New York to get Haskins or is is New York going to just pass on him altogether at six? I think that's, if, if that happens, then i think you're going to see a lot of a lot of movement so that's what we we need to keep our our eyes on so but hey guys look like you said we're gonna have a plenty to talk about this off season i know we have a whole bunch of stuff coming down the pipeline for y'all jay jacob tell everybody what you guys are working on inside and outside of the jaguars wire let us know what's going on and then we will wrap this thing up
0: yeah i'm of course i'm gonna have more on Nick Foles and. Uh... I guess some pros and cons to taking them some pros and cons to the deal, why they took him according to Mike Garafolo. That's one of the articles I got um, coming up next for those who haven't already seen the video going to be doing a, uh, another podcast Sunday, the the back shoulder fade, as I told y'all working on that. So talking some general NFL and um, just a lot of content that free agency is uh, presenting me pretty much.
2: Um, Yeah, basically I'm going to start doing a couple mock drafts and just commenting on free agency news. I'm sure there'll be some more Nick Foles stuff to report that'll trickle out over the next couple days. And outside of the Jaguars' wire, I'm just um, putting together some interviews that are really going to be good. Um, Wow, that was a horrible plug for myself. Like, my (laughs) God. Like which you know what? Leave it in. Leave it in. I deserve that. Just just leave it in. See? Just just leave it in. Wow. Anyways, putting together some great content for Steel Crew, including some interesting interviews, which I think people will get a joy out of. And also a couple more um, first forty eights. I think I got one on the baby coming, which yeah. Oh nice. Like who? What? Huh? Yeah. This is a grown man? Like but yeah.
0: <laughs> I actually so- like that guy's music, I ain't gonna lie oh it's
2: some pretty sophisticated ignorance that i've come to enjoy
0: (laughs) but uh yeah hey bro the only the only thing in terms of content that i'm trying to if you if you interview meg the stallion that's all i'm trying to hear anything else you can keep keep it we ain't trying to hear that all right
2: it's coming at some point it is in the pipeline all right But, uh, yeah, that's basically just what I'm working on right now. Of course, I got AAU basketball starting, so there's my life. And that's pretty much it. And, oh, also, I'm giving Phil, like, free jokes for his comedy shows, (laughs) which we really need to stick in at the start of, like, our episode so everybody can
1: see it. But, Yeah. (laughs) yeah man. Well, well you know as they talked about you know, a lot of stuff going on and and jenker really quick did just want to uh you know just commend you for your work on that i didn't get to read i haven't read the whole thing yet but your work with warwood jr was was awesome man so keep up that good work definitely want to shout shout for for that so um but yeah man absolutely. as far as me i got a couple of shows Appreciate here. It. yeah man absolutely so um i just want to uh, i got a couple of shows here at the end of the month here at the jacksonville comedy zone in mandarin on the on consecutive nights, 26th and the 27th, those are Wednesday and Thursday nights. Um, we'll have another show down at the Tiki uh, – Tiki wreck Tiki Lounge down at Jack's Beach. Um, I'll be in Daytona later this week. Um, I really should know the name of the comedy club. But uh, uh, you know what? I'll put that on there uh, <laughs> Wow. Wow. <laughs> figure that out. I was like, uh, but yeah, and then of course is the Wait For a podcast. Eric and I are gearing up for, for a new series. Um, talking about a a little debate about a couple of different um, musicals in Hamilton, Dear Evan Hansen as well as The Greatest Showman, but a whole bunch of other stuff coming up as far as anime reviews movie reviews. Our Captain Marvel review is up right now. For those of you who have not seen it it is, to give you a little preview, it's fantastic. My daughter loved it. Um, So yeah, so that's uh, just pretty much what what i've got going on and then jay and i talked about a new series we want to talk about maybe weekly we're going to discuss a prospect that maybe the jaguars will be targeting in the first round he and i will hopefully get to talk about that very very soon and uh but yeah guys hey once again thank you for all of the support we we really appreciate it make sure you're following us at the jaguars wire phil the filipino Sports grind underscore don underscore jay della and of course at the jags den podcast itself we would love to hear what you guys think about the nick Foles deal we've always always had some very colorful comments in our in our facebook section and on our for sure so we would love to hear what you guys think about are you guys pro or or against this nick Foles deal we would love to hear from you but hey thank you guys so much for tuning in we appreciate we'll see you next time make sure you tune in for all the up-to-date jacksonville jaguars news at the jaguars wire you guys stay safe and go jags
2: Ah, uh, Shaq wasn't down. <laughs> <laughs> nice.